It's a new year, so we're talking about things that are new to us. Anytime we start a new year, uh, the pe- people like adopt habits or, or, or try things that aren't completely new, like people have done them before, people have tried them before, uh, but they're new to them, like exercise. People are trying to get back into exercise or better eating or nutrition, uh, those sort of things. Spending less, paying off debt. Uh, managing their money better. So we have all these new habits that we're, we're trying to put in place. And so we're talking about uh, kind of spiritually, what are some, some things you could try as you start uh, 2018? We've had a lot of new uh, this week, right? The flu has been new to some of you over the last week or two. Hopefully you are completely over it or else you wouldn't be in our presence because we will not like you if you give it to us. But flu's making a the, the comeback, a stomach virus, uh, just strep, everything. It's just, it's terrible. Snow, snow is always new to Georgians, right? Like it's a brand new thing every time it snows because we don't get it that often. So we enjoy it and it's 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 awesome and it's so new that we get an inch of snow and schools close for three days, right? That's how Georgia handles snow. Uh, and and um, at, at our house, uh, we had a great time in the snow. I, I'm happy to say that the purple sled curse was broken this year. And if you don't, don't know what the purple sled curse is, I'll tell you a little bit about our family. Like 10 years ago, uh, we took a couple of days, about this time of year, we went up to North Carolina, stayed in a friend's place there. And just before we got to the place on the first night, it started snowing. So we're thrilled. The girls are like four and seven and eight, 10 years ago. And so they're, they're somewhere around that age. Start snowing. We get unpacked. We get inside. We, sp- we go to sleep. And then the next day, there's a blanket of snow everywhere. Like It's great. And so we go outside and, and we buy, I have three, three kids, we buy two sleds because that's all we could find. We buy two sleds and we go sledding. And the youngest one's small, so she doesn't need her own sled. So we go outside, we have a great time, come back home, put the sleds in the basement, wait for the next sledable snow in our area. So a couple of years later, we get snow, grab the sleds, go out and have fun. The problem is the girls are getting older by that time. So now we have two sleds and three kids. And you know how the math works out. Like if you have multiple kids and you're in that situation, you know how the math works out. We go out to have a great time. We start sledding. They start arguing over the sleds. I start arguing at them. We all go home mad. Like that's how snow went for us uh, for a couple of times until about three years ago, three or four years ago, um, I decide I'm going to buy a third sled. You know how hard that is in Georgia? Like, how often do you use a sled? I, I'm going to buy a third sled because I'm tired of all the arguing. It has not snowed a sledable snow since I bought the third sled, right? I just called it the purple sled curse. And then this week, the purple sled curse is lifted, it's broken. We go outside, we sled all day, and snow is back. The problem is my oldest is now in college, so we don't even need three sleds anymore. We, we could just get by with two, but it allowed me to demonstrate my sledding prowess. If we're connected on social media, that's an image you'll never get out of your head, but uh, it was a great day. We had a lot of fun. Hopefully you had a lot of fun. Um, hopefully your 
uh, keeping watch on the Oconee County Sheriff's Department Facebook post. Like, like if you are not watching Oconee County Sheriff's Department Facebook post, I don't know what you're doing with your life, honestly. This is, this is good stuff. Here's some of the things from this past storm, uh, this past snow that we just had. Uh, they posted, as you wake up this morning, you may wonder, is there still ice on the roads? Let's see. Yesterday, the, the roads were covered in ice. It never really got above freezing. Once the sun set, the temps plunged into the teens, multiplied by the square root of pi, carried the three. Yes, there is still ice on the roads. Another good one. 16 crashes since 6.30 this morning. Body shops and wrecker companies just love y'all. Today's winning phrase is jackknife chicken truck. <laughs> That sounds like Oconee County. I can smell it from here. Okay, uh, last one. There is an incoming ballistic missile. Or wait, that was the wrong button. Okay, got it now. Oconee County government is closed today due to weather. So uh, they're fun. If you're not connected to them, you need to be connected to them. Um, which ballistic missile coming in, that, that would pretty, be a pretty scary nude to you as well. Poor, poor folks in Hawaii, all their phones go off, missiles coming, they think they're about to die. That's not the kind of new to you that we're going for in this series. We're, we're thinking more, what are some new things that'll get my spiritual life on the right track in 2018? And we started uh, last week by saying, for some of us, like we just need a, a, a fresh breath of God's spirit, like our, our spiritual life has gotten stale or, or, or we're, we're discouraged or we're frustrated or we're just kind of a little bored if we were honest. And God, we just need you to reignite a, a passion and a fire in our heart. And over the next couple of weeks, I, I want to give us maybe a couple of tangible things that we could do that would help that spark, I think. That would help fan that flame in our heart for the things of God and, and the passion and the fire maybe that we once had that we don't have anymore. Uh, if, you, if you read the New Testament, you start in the Gospels. Jesus is born. Jesus comes to the earth. God in human flesh. Uh, he, he starts a ministry around the age of 30 teaching and healing and, and helping people and, and speaking words of God to people. Uh, it culminates with Jesus laying down his life for us, Jesus dying on the cross and three days later rising again. And then at around the age of 33, uh, Jesus ends his time on earth. He goes back to God, back to heaven uh, as an advocate for us. That's part of his role as he's speaking on our behalf to his father uh, his death was on our behalf, his, his resurrection. And so Jesus goes back to heaven. But as he does that, he turns over the, the mission and the ministry of the kingdom to his followers that he left behind. And, and gives them sort of a blueprint. Like this is how this message is going to multiply. While Jesus was on earth, the, the ministry of the kingdom was centralized in a lot of ways, geographically uh, centralized around Jesus. And so wherever he went, that was where the ministry was happening and people were believing in Jesus. But it was very much centralized to his physical presence geographically. One of the reasons Jesus goes back, he tells his followers is, look, my spirit's going to come and like this thing's going to go crazy. It's going all over the world. And that happens. 
Jesus' plan for that happening was his people would begin to go out, and then they would not only go out, but like wherever they went, wherever the message of Jesus landed and, and, and took root, followers of Jesus would then start to gather together. So it, it was this strategy of seeing the movement begin to grow through gathering. It wasn't just going out, but it was going out, and then it was putting down roots in communities and then followers of Jesus were gathering together. And they were worshiping and, and, uh, and they were celebrating Jesus' resurrection through the Lord's Supper. Uh, they were declaring that Jesus was the Savior. They were encouraging one another. They were helping meet each other's needs. So all of this was happening in, in groups that would gather together from city to city as the message of the gospel expanded. Now, if you read the New Testament and you start counting... Uh, the word in the New Testament translated into English as church is used 115 times. 115 times this word church appears in the New Testament. Most of those are after the first four books because the first four books are the life of Jesus. And the church really doesn't get going until after Jesus is gone. So those last 23 books or so are full of this word. 115 times this word church appears, which translates to this was a pretty important topic. Like this wasn't a side issue when it came to the New Testament or Jesus or the, the movement of the kingdom. The church was very much central to what God wanted to accomplish in the New Testament which means it's still pretty much central to what God wants to accomplish today. Like the Bible doesn't say the church is going to be really important oh, for like 1,500 years and then it's not going to be important anymore. Or 2,000 years and then it's not going to be important. Or in the first century, but the 21st century, you guys are going to be really advanced by then and the church is not going to be that important. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible paints the church as integral, central, core to everything that Jesus is doing. And, and there, there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, one of them being that coming to faith in Christ is not intended to just be a moment in our life and then we get back to our life. Like spirit, The spiritual life is to be ongoing in our life. We're to be learning more and growing more and discovering more and and, and being used more, and, and God knew when, when He set all of this up. God knew you were going to need people around you to make that happen. You're going to need accountability. You're going to need encouragers. You're going you're to regularly need to come back together and be reminded, look, this really is important because you're going to live your life in the world, and it's not going to seem important to a lot of people you meet there. And some people are even going to mock what you think and what you believe. And so you need this regular time in your life when you get together with like-minded followers of Jesus, and, and well, that flame just gets fanned a little more in your heart. So 115 times. Bible says that this is important. This is important. At least 92 of those times, when the Bible talks about church, it's talking about a, a local group of people who all geographically got together at the same place for this encouragement. In, in a community, a, a group of people who lived in the same area, knew the same people, had the same neighbors, 
they physically got together on a regular basis to celebrate worship and, and to learn more about Jesus. Now, the other 20 or so times, the Bible references the church as all followers of Jesus everywhere, throughout all time and place. There is a, a reality that all followers of Jesus make up, we sometimes call it the universal church, like, like the big C church, like all collective followers of Jesus. We're all a part of this big, huge church. And the Bible teaches that is absolutely true. And when the Bible talks about the church in this way, it's trying to convey to us that, look, you're, you meet in between Georgia in, in a warehouse, but you're connected to something really, really big. You're connected to a movement of God that it didn't start with you. It's not going to end with you. It, it, it doesn't revolve around you. It's actually been going on for 2,000 years. And, and believers who don't even speak the same language as you, like they're a part of that church too. And people who didn't even live at the same time you live, they're a part of that movement too. There's this huge, massive history of God's movement, and it's not going to end with you. Like, this movement's going to keep going into eternity. We are all connected to one another. It's a beautiful picture that the Bible sometimes calls the church. I think another reason we're given that picture is to remind us that all the other gatherings of people who love Jesus, like all the other churches made up of people who have committed themselves to following Jesus Christ— like, they're a part of us, too. Like, we're not in competition with them. Like, it's not us against them. Like, they're not the enemy. Like, we're not trying to outdo them. As, as a matter of fact, if, if other churches who, who profess Jesus, like, when they do well, that's great for all of us. Like, yay, you keep doing well. Like, you keep honoring Jesus, and you keep seeing things grow. Like, there's not this, this rivalry between churches. And, and the picture of a universal, all-connected church reminds us of that. Like, we're all on the same team. Like, we're all, all a part of this huge movement of God. I mentioned that part of the church because I, I, I want to be clear. Where the Bible emphasizes, cheers for this universal aspect to, of the church, it's never to de-emphasize the local gathering of the church. That's never the purpose. The purpose is never to say, hey, you're all connected to the big church, so it doesn't matter where you go as far as the little church. Like, that's not a big deal. The Bible never references the church in that way. It says, yay, you're connected to a big movement, but oh, by the way, the best way for you to grow spiritually, what God wants for you, is for you to connect to a specific church in a local area. I say that because I sometimes hear people talk in those terms. They talk in terms of, well, we're all the church. Well, we're all connected to the church because we all love Jesus. And the church is everybody who loves Jesus. And the inference is, I don't really need the local church because we are the church. Like, I am the church. We're all a part of the church. It's just the New Testament never talks about the church that way. The New Testament says, yay, go big church, yay, go local church. Both of those are significant, and both of those are important. And as we kick off 2018, as we're talking about new to you, I know this may not be new to some of you, but maybe there are some, and, 
And, and 2018 is just a time to recommit to, you know, I really need to be a part of a, a church in my community. I really need to be a part of a church that's local where, where I can see people and where I can be encouraged and where, where I can be held accountable and where I can serve and where I can get plugged in. And I think all of us can make a new commitment to that. Now, churches are different. Like, not every church is the same. That's one of the reasons we have so many. Right? Urban churches and suburban churches and rural churches and technologies kind of shifting and changing the way we do churches. Those sort of things evolve over time. But the priority, the, the necessity of a local gathering of people is still important to your life. It's still important to my spiritual life. So, a couple of recommendations as it relates to local church, to, to, to gathering with other followers of Jesus. Here's my first suggestion. I encourage you to find a church and be all there. Find a church, and when you find it, be all there. Be, be all there. And maybe it's this church. We'd love for it to be this church. We'd love for you to come to this church. We, we know this church isn't for everybody, and you're going to pray, and you're going to seek God, and He's going to lead you. There's some wonderful churches in our community, and, and I never get bothered when somebody says, oh, we go to so-and-so's church. I usually say, they're great. Like I love that pastor, and they're doing awesome things. Go you. But if you're going to go there, be all there. If you're going to be here, be all here. Like, let this be your church. Let this be the place where you come to worship. If you think about the first century, in the first century as Acts is happening and all the books in the New Testament are happening, at least initially there was only one church to go to. Like when Paul planted a church in Philippi or in Ephesus or in Galatia or Colossae or Corinth, whenever Paul planted that church, it was the only one. There weren't 50 choices of churches. It was that one. If you were a follower of Jesus, that was the one you went to. And it, it, didn't, it didn't matter if they met in a warehouse or if they had like columns out front. It didn't matter what the carpet color was. It didn't matter if you liked what the pastor wore or you, if you liked the music. Like none of that mattered. Like if you were a follower of Jesus, this was the church that you went to and you were all there. Because these were the only people you knew who were going to encourage you to keep following Jesus and to stay committed to Him. Now, we, again, we live at a different time. We have a lot of different churches that do a lot of different things. And a lot of great churches. Find one. Find one. And when you find it, be all there. This is the church that we're going to be a part of in 2018. And let me go ahead and warn you, if you haven't made that decision yet, let me go ahead and warn you that there aren't any perfect ones. I mean, you can look. You're welcome to look. A lot of people are looking. There's just not any perfect ones. I mean, you hang around a church long enough and you see they don't have it all together in some areas. Well, they're not, they don't do that real well. They don't, all of us do. All of us do. And if every time you find something a little not quite right, you jump ship, you're just going to bounce from church to church to church. Have you noticed that a lot of us have developed the habit of reaching for our phones whenever we get like a half second of boredom? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm one of you. 
Like if we just have a, a split second that our mind's not on something, we reach our phone and we swipe and we punch the same app and we just start scrolling. It, it's not, I don't even think it's intentional anymore. It's like we just have this, we reach for it. We reach for it. Some people have that habit when it comes to church. Like the first time, like this didn't go the way I wanted it, I'm going to go somewhere else. It's just a reaction, just a, I, I, that's just the way we do. Let me encourage you. 2018 is just starting. We've got a whole year in front of us. Find a church. Be all there. Decide this is, this is our church. If, if you're a family, decide this is our family's church. This is where our family goes. Because there are so many churches around, and because of the time that we live in, and, and you drove past like 10 churches to get to this one today, there can be a tendency, uh, we see this more and more, there, there, there can be a tendency to say, okay, well, this is where we go on Sunday mornings, but our, our kids do kids thing over at this other church, and our, our youth go to that church on Wednesday nights, but they go to youth camp with this other church, and they do D-Now with that church, because they do a great D-Now, and then we do this other thing with that church. Can I just be honest with you? And I know this sounds self-serving. I'm just trying to be honest with you. I just don't think spiritually that's healthy. I don't think it's spiritually healthy to kind of be at all of these places because if you're at all of these places, you're really not at any of the places. You're really not settled and invested at any of those. And I know there's transition. I know sometimes you're going from one church to another church and you're finishing obligation. Like I know there's all, all kinds of reasoning explanations. What I'm saying is long term, find a church where you can all be and all be there. All of you. And, and decide. You know, our kids are going to do kids ministry at the church where we all go. Our teenagers, they're going to do student ministry at the church where we all go. We're going to do adult ministry. Like, whatever's offered, we're going to plug into that because we're going to be all there this year. And, yeah, there'll be some things that won't be quite perfect. You know, a part of being all there is saying, you know, instead of kind of running to the next place, we're going to be a part of making this better at our church. Uh, we're going to serve in that area. Or we're going we're gonna to make some suggestions or, or we're going to offer our time. I'm going to be a part of helping make some things that aren't the greatest, a little bit greater, and stay where we are. I'm going to be all there. I'm not going to give in to the reactionary nature of just up and going somewhere else because things didn't go quite right for this particular season at that church. I don't think this will surprise any of us. Overall, uh, church attendance is in decline. Just in general, overall, I'm not talking about our church, I'm just talking about the church. Overall, uh, in America, church attendance is in generally in decline, and there are lots of reasons for that. It's an ongoing source of study and articles and critique and all of that sort of thing. There's lots of different reasons. Uh, some of it is we're just really busy, and we're really connected in a lot of places, and for some of us, church just kind of gets the leftovers. Church gets the, well, if we're not somewhere else, well, if we didn't stay out too late on Saturday, well, if we don't have, um, I, I've said this for years, going, going probably 10 or 12 years, I think the average church attender, if they actually kept up with how often they came to church, they would be really surprised. 
at how often they miss church. And, and, and often we would say, well, it was a good reason. I guess my question is, if a good reason keeps me out for four or five, six weeks at a time, is it a good reason or is it just an excuse? Here's my challenge. We're not going to take attendance on Sundays, don't worry. We're not, we're not like marking you down secretly. We don't have cameras. Uh, we're not doing that. You might want to do that. Like from March through May, there's going to be like maybe, I don't know, 17 Sundays, something like that, March through May. And if like right now, uh, I said, you have to tell me how many Sundays you think you'll be here. I'm not going to do that. But right now, get a number in your mind. That I wonder what would happen if, just kind of on your calendar, just for you, not for me, just for you, you just kind of marked how many times you were here. I, most of us, just from my observation, most of us would be surprised at how many times we're not here. And again, it is often for what we think are really good reasons, and sometimes it is really good reasons. I'm not saying you should never miss. I'm just saying that the general Attendance, commitment, being all there continues to be in decline in our world. And maybe it slipped into your life and into your schedule and you don't even realize it. That's why. Let, let this be new to you. 2018, I'm going to renew my commitment and my, my realization that this is important in my spiritual life. So find a church and be all there. My second recommendation, find a church and be all in. Find a church and be all in. If you're reading uh, Acts chapter 2, um, it says they were devoted to one another. Like they were committed. Like they persevered. That's another word for devoted in that Acts chapter 2 passage. They, they endured. Like they were diligent. They were devoted to one another. And then it goes on to say, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So it wasn't just, yeah, we show up. It, just, it wasn't just that we're all there. You know, when, it, when there's something going on, we show up. It was that like we're all in too. Like we're, we're helping with needs as people have needs. We're caring for one another. We're getting to know each other, not just on Sundays, but we're building relationships. We're spending time together. We're studying God's word together. So they were all there, but they were also all in. Another danger, I think, with church in 2018 is it's easy in some ways to be at a church but not really be invested in a church. Does that make sense? It's, it's easy to show up and fill a seat and have a spot, but not really have any of me invested. I'm not talking about financial investment necessarily. I, I'm just talking about, like, I'm a part of this. I'm a part of this ministry. Like, I give of time and energy and effort of myself. Like, I'm getting to know people. Like, I'm taking a step forward. For a lot of people, I've noticed, it's easy to get 
stuck in the kind of the fringe of church, kind of the here but not all the way in here. And, and some of that's necessary. Like if you're trying to find a church, <laughs> we're not trying to sign you up for everything that we do today. Like we I totally understand that you're praying and God lead us to the right place. And that requires some period of observation and getting to know and asking questions. And God, is this the right place for us? It requires kind of some time of watching and praying and being sensitive to God. I just think that it's easy to get stuck in the fringe zone, right? Like the friend zone, but, but you get, get stuck in either one of them, right? I think sometimes we get stuck kind of on the fringe. And so we were trying to decide if it's the right place, and then we kind of decide, all right, it's the right place. But then we don't take another step of involvement or of engagement or of relationship. And so the, the fringe zone becomes well, I don't really know anybody, so I, I don't want to do anything zone, right? Or, or it becomes the, uh, I got burnout at my last church, so I want to be careful not getting too involved zone. Or, or it becomes the, you know, we're really busy right now zone. And we just sort of hang out on the periphery. And, and if somebody said, where do you go to church? We'd say, well, I, I go to that church. We're all there maybe, but maybe we're not all in. And I want to encourage you, for you, not for me. I know this sounds a little self-serving. For you, just decide this is a year you'll be all in. And maybe it's here and maybe it's somewhere else. God directs that. We don't try to control that. God directs you where you need to be. I just think wherever you are, like be all there and be all in. Be a part of what God is doing at that place. And so maybe you're here, and, and you've been on, in the fringe zone for a while. And you've been, should we go here, should we not go here? And you've decided you're going to go here. And so let me tell you, if, if here is the place, a couple of ways you can be all in. When you came in today, you got two, two handouts. One's inside the other, so you may have missed it. These are two of the easiest ways to, to move in, to take a step in. And one of them is by serving somewhere. One of them is by saying, I'm going to be a part of helping make ministry happen at Journey. Whether it's on Sunday morning or Wednesday night with our kids or our students or, or whether it's some uh, activity that takes place outside of Sunday morning. One of the easiest ways to be all in is to take some responsibility. To, to have somebody count on you. Look, they're expecting me to be there. I'm going to fulfill that. And, and on the one hand, at Journey, we, we have to get some things done. I mean, that's true. We need people who will help guests find a parking spot and, and serve coffee and, and smile and greet them at the door. And like those are things that have to get done. But in doing that, you may find that that's what's best for you as well. We find that one of the quickest and easiest ways to meet more people is by serving on one of our volunteer teams. Because you don't, you don't ever serve by yourself. You always serve with two or three or four other people. And often it's different people. 
So, you know, every month that you serve is like a new set of names. And then the next month, oh, I remember you from two months ago. And so now on Sunday morning, you know somebody's name other than the three people that came with you, right? You're building relationships. You're getting to know more people. You're interacting with guests as they come. Like some of our volunteer teams, they meet guests before I do. They meet them at guest services or, they, or, or at coffee or helping them check in in kids' ministry. Like it is a great way to meet more people. And so we're not just saying, look, we got work and we need somebody to do this work. I, I really believe this is one of the best ways for this to feel like home to you and for you to, to learn names and meet, meet more people. We had Journey, um, uh, and, and most of you haven't been with us since the beginning, which is almost three years ago. But we, we keep going through these stages, and they're really short stages, of, of influxes of new people. And like, at every, like every couple of months, we have this new thing, this new stage, uh, and we have an influx of new people. Moving out here was probably the most recent one. That and Christmas, like we've had this uptick again of new people. And, he, and here's what new people tend to think. If you're new, this is probably what you think. You think everybody here knows each other except you. You think everybody's been here for three years except you. We're, we're less than three years old if, you were, if it's, today's your first Sunday and, and you didn't know this. You think, well, everybody's been here since the beginning and they all know each other. It's just not true. Because we keep having these waves of new people. I, I was talking with Sean, our uh, children's minister, uh, out in the hallway. And she was, she was saying, well, I, it, it takes so much for me just to keep up with new people because they just keep coming, which is awesome. But you're not alone if that's the way you feel. If you feel like, well, I don't know anybody, but they all know each other, probably is not the case. And if they do know each other, you know how they met each other? Is they started serving on a team. And they started learning names. And it started feeling more like home. And they started getting more connected. And when they walked in the door, somebody started calling their name because they met them on their volunteer group. Like, I encourage you. Over the next few weeks, maybe today, maybe you just need to jump in today so you won't back out. Just fill this out. Just decide, hey, this is an area that I could, I could serve in. Th these are a couple of areas that I would be willing to give some time to. Uh, let me mention just a couple of things. One is a lot of these do take place on Sunday morning. Like greeters, guest services, coffee bar, parking, ushers, security, uh, worship ministry, those are, those are Sunday morning volunteer areas. You can't do all of them. You don't have enough time and your body can't be cut up and put in different places. All right, You, you can probably maybe do two of these with the way the calendar works out. Do one, one Sunday and two Sundays later do another one. You can't do four of these. Right? It, it's really hard to do three of these. Uh, maybe start with one. If, you're, if you want to do two, then, then two's kind of the limit for a Sunday morning type ministry. But just jump in somewhere. Just get started. If you, if you haven't volunteered with us before, let me assure you, this is not a life sentence, right? You're not like tied into this until you get paroled. Like, it's not that sort of thing. If, if you start and you think this isn't really my thing, then fine. Just do, we'll move you somewhere else. Do something else. If you do it for a year and think, that was fun, but I'd like to try that, good, move over there. Matter of fact, some of you may want to do that. 
You may be in an area and you think, well, I want to do this in 2018. Well, good, just let us know. I'm going to move from this area to this area. We'll work all of that out. Uh, now, if you're already serving somewhere and you don't want to move, like you, you love coffee bar and you want to stay at coffee, you love greeters, you want to stay at greeters, parking, whatever, um, then you don't even have to fill one out. Just keep doing your thing, right? We, we don't need a new commitment from you. We figure you're going to be committed. So you don't have to fill one out. Um, but if you'd like to join one of these teams, be all in. Like, let this be the year that you take a step out of the fringe zone and into serving and giving a little bit in 2018. So you can fill that out. The other piece that you got is about our groups. Uh, we do community groups here. Uh, we don't have a Sunday school model, and there's some reasons for that. Primary reason is we just we don't have any rooms. We don't have any room with kids ministry and church going on. We don't have any rooms available. And so we encourage our people to meet during the week. And homes, some of them meet here. Um, some of them meet other places. We encourage people to connect with one another for two reasons. So you get to know people, so you build relationships, and so that you have an opportunity to study God's Word beyond 30 minutes on Sunday morning. And some groups study a topic. Some groups kind of get into more detail about what we talked about on Sunday. <clears throat> Some groups do a book of the Bible. So lots of different groups. We have groups for men and other groups for women. We have married groups. We have open groups. Anybody can come. Anybody can show up. Let this be the semester that you say, okay, we're going to do it. Like for some of you, you've been hearing us talk about groups for two years. And you've come up with reasons why you're not going to do it. Right? You've, you've come up with reasons why we don't have time, we can't, uh, it's not for us. Let this be new to you. 2018, this first semester, just say, yeah, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to work it out in our schedule. Does it require more time? Yeah, it does. It requires another night of the week or another time slot. It does. But if you're going to be all in, like if you're going to meet people, if you're going to build relationships, this is how you do it. So over the next few weeks, we're, we're going to be signing up for volunteers and we're going to be signing up for groups. Groups are going to launch February 5th, the Monday after the Super Bowl. So all groups will start meeting that week, the week after the Super Bowl. And just show up, just meet some people, just be a part because that's what we want for you for 2018. We want you to be all here and we want you to be all in this year. God, I pray that you would help us I thank you for the model that you came up with. Journey didn't come up with it. I didn't come up with it. You came up with the model of church. You came up with the model of not just learning about Jesus, but connecting with other people who want to learn about Jesus. Like gathering frequently. Being reminded of the goodness of the gospel. Being reminded of how faithful Jesus is. And, and being reminded by coming together with other people. So, God, I, I pray this year that what we do here locally as Journey, what, what we do in this building even, it, it would be a priority to us. It would be enough of a priority that we would do more than just show up on Sunday. We would give of, of our talents and our giftedness. We would put them in play. We would serve somewhere. Feel some ownership in what's happening at this place. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.